good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today as it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? Welcome to the podcast today. We're looking at a passage of Scripture from the book of Exodus. Actually, we're going to be looking at a number of passages of Scripture uh, as we are reading through our Bible program for this year. Some of you have probably run across a few phrases or a few uh, situations or practices or rituals that fe- seem very strange to us because it's not something that we're familiar with. It's a different culture. Uh, it's a different people group. It's a different uh, type of existence for a people that are ruled over by God. We're reading actually a lot about worship of God and God's prescription for how that's to be done the correct way. Uh, and while we are not, at least I'm not, uh, we're not Jewish today, and we do know that the Lord Jesus Christ came to be the fulfillment of the law, a lot of the word pictures and the ritual pictures that you find where God interacts with the Jewish people actually are types and foreshadowings uh, that serve as our instruction even today on our approach to God. Uh, you literally, in the next several, well, the next two or three books, you're going to be reading a lot, particularly, yes, in, in Exodus, but especially so in the book of Leviticus, you're going to learn about how God prescribed his people to approach and worship him. Worship is essential. Uh, we know that the very Ten Commandments start out with that. And I am going to take the time beginning in the next podcast to outline some things that I've jotted down, things that I've I've underlined in my Bible, things that I've been taught through the years uh, that are biblically based on how we ought to approach God in worship. There's a lot of misinformation that's out there today. There's a lot of churches that are missing the mark on this a great deal. And what we want to do is, is find out what God's prescription is for how I approach Him. Uh, these are, it's so important because God took a dim view of anybody that would approach him in any other way to the point where there were some people that lost their lives because they thought it was an insignificant or they approached God in an irreverent or an unprescribed way. And God is very specific about our approach. If we want to be accepted by him, it's good that we know what the Bible principles about worship are all about. We're going to be looking at that beginning tomorrow, so or on the next podcast anyway, so don't forget to tune in for that. I'm excited about it because I believe we need a corrective from time to time in church history because particularly with the coming of charismaticism and its inroads that it's made into Bible-believing churches, that we really do need to get a good grip on what worship is all about and what it truly is in God's view. Today I wanted to take up a passage, and I'm going to refer to some of these every now and then because I mark them out because people ask me questions about these these passages, and we're going to discuss those, or I'm going to discuss those, and uh, and explain what those passages meant for the people who were receiving it, the Jewish people, the Israelites. You know, one of those interesting passages that I read, you find it in multiple places. As a matter of fact, you'll find it in Exodus chapter 29. You find it in the first three chapters of the book of Leviticus. You find it in in, uh, chapter 14 of Leviticus. Just a number of different times that this particular statement occurs. And it is a statement regarding the consecration or the setting apart 
of the priesthood of Aaron and of his sons to intercede for the people of God. And as we know that in the book of Revelation in the New Testament, the Bible teaches that everybody who is a true disciple of Christ is a priest before God. In other words, we are able, we don't need a human intercessor anymore because we have a great high priest in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. But here on earth, you don't need a human mediator to go to Christ for you. You can go directly to him because you are a king and priest in his presence by virtue of the fact that you've been saved by his grace. Uh, and so that's important. But we find the type or the foreshadowing of this, even in the Old Testament, because everything that was done in the Old Testament is there for a reason. It's there for an example to us. And while we may not celebrate a priesthood today, what we do celebrate is what it represented even in Moses' day. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 29, 20, see if you've read this before, listen to this. Then shalt thou kill the ram, and take of his blood, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, and upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. That's Exodus 29.20. What a curious ritual and ceremony that was gone on, that was uh, uh, happened at that point. Uh, what do you think that's all about? Well, we do know from previous chapters that there was a sacrifice that needed to be offered in order for a cleansing of those priests that were rep to represent the people to God. Uh, that was prescribed all through Exodus after the, after the meeting of God with Moses on Mount Sinai. And so this prescription for them was given that the blood from a lamb that was slaughtered was to be placed on the tip of the right ear, upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the big toe of the right foot of Aaron and his sons. Of course, Aaron is the high, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Aaron is the high priest, and his sons, the priests, uh, were to be cleansed for their work. Uh, they had to be prepared for that. Now, Aaron... Uh, as uh, 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 as the representative, had this done to him first. Uh, you know, we find the same application of that blood for every priest that succeeded Aaron. Leviticus chapter 8 talks about this, even for cleansed lepers. It's interesting by extension. In Leviticus 14, uh, this is where that's described. And I said Leviticus 8. Leviticus 8 was about the, the blood for the priests. Leviticus 14 was about the cleansing of the lepers. And that application of that blood to those body parts tells us, I think, some important area areas of your life. If you're a king and a priest before the Lord today, there's some things that you ought to observe. And I think that this picture is one for every believer. Number one, the ear. The blood was to be applied to that ear. In other words, we ought to consecrate what we hear with our ears. Uh, they got to be cleansed. They got to be dedicated to the Lord. <clears throat> We've got to be exceedingly cautious about what we listen to, uh, about what we give ear to, what we hear, because it has a lot to do with who you are. Uh, do you remember that passage in Romans 10, 17 that says, faith cometh by what? Cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
uh, we know that the ear gate is the means by which we it, it shapes who we are and what we hold to. Uh, you, you remember uh, Lot. Uh, Lot, the Bible says in Second Peter two eight, Lot vexed his righteous soul by seeing and hearing what was going on in Sodom. He was filling his ears with the wrong thing, and he needed to consecrate his ears. What thing are you filling your life with today through your ears? What are you listening to? To whom are you listening? Uh, what information are you uh, embracing through your ear gate? Make sure that if you're the right kind of priest before Jesus Christ, that you need to consecrate what you hear before him. Secondly, you remember it was the thumb of the right hand where the blood was applied. And I think it doesn't take very much for you to imagine what that must represent. It's, it's thinking of that which we, descriptive of that which we do. Um, what we allow ourselves to participate in, what deeds we do. Uh, we know the Bible says in James 2 and verse 17 and 20, faith without works is dead. Uh, we've got to know that by grace we are saved, but when we are saved, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that I ought to consecrate my hands for the service of the Lord. What I do for him, we need to make sure is done correctly. And then last of all, his great toe, I've never called it that, but that's what the Bible calls it. My big toe on the right foot. What do you think the application of the blood of the lamb to that right foot represents? It re represents, obviously, our walk as believers. Ephesians 5.2, the Bible says that we need to walk in love as children of light, verse 8. We need to walk circumspectly, cautiously, not as fools, but as wise. The walk has to be consecrated to Christ and clean before God. There's a little child song that I learned when I was a kid, and, and I think it's probably been taught to successive generation of Christian, uh, of uh, church kids, and that is, be careful, little eyes, what you see, be careful, little hands, what you do. And be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, where you go. Do you long for that consecration where you're in that, that intimate relationship with God and you're walking in obedience to Him, that in your hearing and in your work and in your walk, you are yielded completely to Him. That all the things that you do, whatever you put your hand to, you do it for His glory and His alone. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Walk with Him today, will you? Listen to the things that'll help you in your relationship with the Lord. Make sure your hands glorify Him in all that He does. God bless you today. We'll see you in the next podcast.